In studio today, I am very excited because um, I got to meet this lovely woman called Brittany um, through my best friend, um, Debbie Johnson, and we got chatting and then I found out what she did and I was like, what, what? I need to learn more about this. And she has a fantastic business partner called Catherine and Catherine is from the UK and Brittany is from the USA and they met here in South Africa in Cape Town. And so I welcome you both into studio. Thank you for being with me. Thanks. Absolutely a pleasure. How did you guys meet in Cape Town? Do you know what? This is something that we neither of us can actually remember which is <laughs> at least neither of us are insulting the other but yeah, i think that's, that's the cape town love story it's just yeah. you just meet I, I don't know it's hard to track back exactly the day but we sort some of some hike some yeah something dinner. outdoorsy cape town style and we just kind of hit it off amazing and and then you guys decided to start a company yeah how did that begin well uh, it actually started after we froze our eggs. <laughs> so it's a fertility-based company um, and it's, we're all about optimizing fertility. So after we froze our eggs, we realized you know, how little we actually knew about age-related fertility issues yes. and that you can actually have an impact upon your egg quality. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the biggest well, misunderstandings, isn't it? Is that um, you know so many people are going to freeze their eggs but they're not focusing on the quality of the eggs that they are freezing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that not only are people all around the world completely underestimating the extent of age-related fertility decline, but also that we can do something about it. And that's yes. really where egg quality comes in. So it's not really something that we hear a lot about. You know, people might associate problems with fertility to do with miscarriage or problems getting pregnant or, you know, just people thinking I'm not in a position where I'm ready to start thinking about having a family. Um, so a lot of people are aware of infertility issues in general, but not the root cause of them yes. or the majority of them. And really when it comes to age infertility, the crucial factor is just the quality of the egg itself. Mm. It's, it's so interesting because I know women that are being told by their gynecologists um, to freeze their eggs and they're in their mid-twenties, you know, and they, they get told, listen, if you want to freeze your eggs, now's actually a really good time. Um, how old were you guys when you decided you were going to freeze your eggs? So I was actually 32. And I think Britt, you were 33. Yeah, I was 33. Mm. 33, okay. Yeah. Which is actually still a lot younger than the average. The average age is somewhere between 36 and 38. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah, which is... Can you take your headphones and just put them down if you're not going to wear them because they just make a little bit of a... <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly, exactly. Sure. Um, Okay, so, so the average age, sorry, say that again, because I was a little bit distracted. The average age of freezing your eggs is how old? Uh, it's between 36 and 38, usually. Oh, really? Say. Yeah, which is, it is later than doctors would recommend biologically, but mm. obviously, you know, you're kind of weighing up the cost, you're weighing up um, how you think your life is going to go and when you might be ready to start thinking about having a family. So it really is a balance between how likely you might be to use your frozen eggs and yes. when is the best biological age to do it. To do it. So w would you recommend that women in there, I don't know where that feedback is coming from, sorry guys, um, just bear with me, but um, so would you recommend that women actually think about freezing eggs just as an in-case scenario in their 20s? Well, that's a difficult one. There was that um, algorithm that was run. Yeah, about the 
that it's 37 was the optimal age, right? Mm. 37? So, I yeah, thought that those were geriatric eggs. Well, okay, so I guess, <laughs> I guess it depends. Um, would you do it in your 20s? You have a lot more, you know, potential to find someone and maybe settle down. So the cost might not be ju as justified. But when your fertility starts to slip around, you know, into your 30s, basically you have to start thinking, when do I realistically think that I want to start a family? Um, I'm actually in a relationship, great relationship, but I just decided we're not, we're not there yet, we're not ready. Um, Kat had just gotten out of a relationship and decided I'm just, you know, I don't know when I'm going to find the mm. person, so I'm just going to, you know, take this out as an insurance policy. But really, it's a, you know, you're n you're never going to be younger than you are right now. Yes. Um, and so freezing your eggs, you're essentially freezing your eggs, uh, the, their eggs biological age in time. Mm. So I'd say, you know, if you don't foresee yourself having kids until even your like late 30s or 40s, when your fertility goes down to about, you know, at, at age 40, it's at about 5% chance that you will conceive in any month, um, which, you know, if you look at those odds, are pretty it's depressing. Scary. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is, uh, I would say, you know, it's a tough one. It's mm. if you feel like you it's are going to have issues, especially if you have something like PCOS or endometriosis or some other fertility-based issues, it's never a bad time to get started on those sort of reproductive health. Yes. But it is a cost-benefit analysis, effectively. Yes. So in your 20s, you're giving yourself the best chance of those eggs being useful later. But that's this is the algorithm that was run by scientists. I think it was at Harvard, who, was at Harvard, who um, basically crunched all the numbers and they said, um, at what age are your eggs at their biological best, but at what age are you likely to get some use out of them, which represents value for money? So, you know, yes. if money was no object, then perhaps every woman would freeze them as an insurance policy in her 20s, but it, there's a considerable cost attached to it. Attached so to it. you've got to balance the two, really. Yeah. So how did you guys decide to go, okay, we're both freezing eggs. There's different reasons for us freezing eggs um, because I think that that's also an important um, thing to understand is so many women go, oh, freezing eggs, that's not for me or, you know, I'm not there yet or whatever. But there's lots of different reasons for freezing eggs. It could be that you're in a relationship and not ready to have a baby, like you were saying. It could be that you're not in a relationship and you don't know when you're going to get into a relationship. And so it's kind of a... Um, security blanket or you're very focused on your career whatever the reasons might be um, I know somebody who is in their 20s and has severe endometriosis and um, her gynecologist is like freeze your eggs mm. just do it now it's an insurance policy you know it's just better to know that you can actually have them there at some point in your life and it's kind of crazy because in your 20s you're still kind of wild right and you're mm. still not eating the right foods <laughs> drinking all the wrong drinks <laughs> and um, you know it's a very different way of being and I think that that leads us on to this next topic it's not just about freezing your eggs and having enough eggs exactly. but really having um, good quality eggs which is something that isn't really spoken about, but is something that is very, very important, especially with all the toxins that we find in food, in the air, in our environment today. Um, looking at the quality that you are actually producing is going to determine the health and well-being of your future children. So let's chat a little bit about that. Um, you, you ladies have 10 tips for... Um, for women who want to freeze their eggs on how to make them as healthy as possible. And maybe let's just chat about why that is so important. Like it, yeah. 
I think what's also interesting is that all of the, the advice that we're going to give today is actually not just about egg freezing. It can be related to natural conception, mm. um, IVF, or even Good just point. trying to maintain your fertility naturally for as long as possible. Um, what's interesting is that infertility rates are massively higher than they were. Um, this is basically because of two factors. The first being that people are waiting till later in life to settle down. Um, and there's a, um, as we were talking about, as, you're, as you wait later in life, so does the rate of infertility. Um, and then secondarily, our sort of modern lifestyles are, uh, expose us to everything, you know, in the environment, the way we eat, uh, the chemicals that are in just, you know, all around us. So those two main factors are what's sort of leading to this overall decline. And, you know, it's important to understand that age-related fertility as well as um, sort of lifestyle-based factors are all related to egg quality. Mm. So um, mm, That's really the foundation of female fertility, the quality of the egg exactly. and your body's ability to be able to mature and produce quality eggs as you get older just declines. Yeah. Mm. They say that so even scary. a miscarriage is, um, accounts for about 45% of the time, 40 to, 40 to 50% of the time, miscarriage is due to a low quality egg. So sure. that's where you can really see the, the importance of this as sort of the, the foundation of all kinds, every sort of fertility. Yeah. Sure. And the thing to recognize with these, you know, we're breaking it down to a to 10 simple things here, but it's not sort of like any one of these things individually is going to mm. radically transform the quality of your eggs. It's very much a holistic lifestyle. So it's it's incrementally all the changes that you can make together can add up to what could be the difference between good quality eggs and not. And not good quality eggs. Um, that it, it's, it's the same as with everything in life, really. You know, it's those tiny little bits and pieces yeah. that then add up. Just a question. I know we're speaking about female fertility, but would the same apply to male fertility? Is is it pretty similar in terms of the tips that you're going to be giving? With the because obviously fertility <laughs> needs to be good yeah. and healthy in both male and female to conceive properly. Absolutely, yeah. Fifty percent of the equation, and um, men studies have shown really underestimate that the biological ticking clock is a thing for them as well. Sperm mm. reduces in quality and quantity starting around the age of 35, but rapidly from 40. So even though men can technically carry on having children for decades and decades beyond women, um, the rise in chromosomal abnormalities, that's to say birth defects mm. in those children, and also regardless of the age of the man's partner, she'll experience more conditions like preeclampsia during pregnancy, or a higher Pre what? Preeclampsia, <laughs> so just a, a gestational condition, and a um, and higher rates of miscarriage if there's an older father. So sperm sure. health is is actually a separate program that we <laughs> that you are working on as well. Yeah. as well. Yeah, I think that that is so important because I think that, um, and it's uh, I think most women think it yeah. as well, but I think most men think oh, I can I can get someone pregnant anytime. You know, yeah. it doesn't really matter and. Um, and the reality is that you possibly could, but as you're saying, there's more and more chance of that child not being mm. okay, and you know, and not being at optimum health. And as any parent, if you're a parent, you'll completely understand, but any parent, any person wanting to be a parent, your biggest fear is mm. that your child isn't whole and healthy. That's, yeah. It's the biggest, yeah. biggest fear. Yeah. And to your, to your question before, yes, there are very... 
um, salient there's a lot of salient research around lifestyle factors that influence sperm health and um, yes stay tuned for our next <laughs> program <laughs> they're not exactly the same as what we're going to talk about here because the the ovary is such a such a unique and complex mm. thing that is highly you know based on all kinds of specific hormonal balances that are different than the ones you would need for men so yes that is a totally 100% important part of the equation, but it does sort of predicate a different um, balance of lifestyle factors that influence it, for sure. And just before we dive in, even looking back to reasons why people are delaying parenthood later and later, um, studies have shown that the the most extreme rise in the, the category of people who are delaying parenthood is actually in college-educated edu men. So in the rise ah, of women who are interesting. egg freezing, a lot of it's because actually there's what's known as a kind of missing man phenomenon in that cohort of people. An educated man deficit, educated, really. Yeah, <laughs> where they're not ready or willing to have children in the time frame that fits their, their um, career the achievements. Yeah, the women's biological years, yeah. the reproductive years. Interesting yeah. stuff. That, that is very interesting because there's, um, there's a psychological theory that says that men mostly obviously these are all generalizations guys so don't come <laughs> bashing my door down but um that men generally can only settle down and open their brains up mm. to being able to become fathers and take that on when from a career point of view they feel like they've got a grasp on what they are actually doing you yeah. know and what they are achieving and i think that goes back to the um, the whole need to su supply, provide, you know, and take care of. If you don't feel like you can provide and you can take care of, then you tend to not want to do that because yeah. it's scary. So it's kind of understandable because at the end of the day, um, you know, women do need to take a little bit of time off, at least. I mean, it should be a lot more, but a little bit of time off to actually be with their kids. Britt, yeah. what, what did you want to... Oh, I just, I'm um, fascinated by all of this sort of sociological stuff. But yes, uh, the, there's a lot of research now showing that, exactly to your point, women are um, sort of, mm. our, our clock is defined by biology. Mm. Um, I guess you could say the right time for women is defined by different mm. things. For women, it's biological. We've got this crazy maternal clock that I, I think sounds a little bit more like a ticking time bomb than anything. Um, and <laughs> it sort of feels like that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it can often rule your life whether or not you, uh, whether or not you like it. And In balance with other factors, yes. the life clock factors. Yes. Yeah. But men don't, regardless of the fact that their biology is affected, they are not aware of it. So mm. it shows that basically men want, there's this sort of window of time uh, after they've had a few years of sort of freedom and opportunity to advance their career, but before they would, you know, they're, they're young enough to be active parents mm -hmm. and to enjoy a, a, a fun retirement. So there's this, this very small window of time when, um, when they're really open to wanting kids and, and it has nothing to do with biology. <laughs> Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So, ladies, sorry, you have yeah. absolutely no control whatsoever um, <laughs> over when your man is going to be ready and wants to actually have children. Um, okay, let's. I think let's jump onto these ten things um, that will help us achieve optimum kind of quality of our eggs. Sure. Yeah. So the top ten in this, we're including things like limiting the damaging environmental exposures around you and. 
a couple of proven fertility boosters and some general lifestyle uh, refinements. So in no particular order, number one, minimize plastic in your kitchen. So you can do this kind of ah. by switching to glass as often as possible. So minimize um, plastic. I actually mm. want to talk about that for a minute because mm. um, Britt will know, I think. Um, but I'm a very much like cut plastic out as much as possible, mm -hmm. um, specifically single-use plastic. There is no need yeah. actually anymore for us to be using single-use plastic as much as possible. Um, not only because it's terrible for the environment, yeah. but mm -hmm. it's also terrible for you, people. Mm -hmm. So if you want to just be selfish in your actions, that's fine. Um, I'm totally down with that. But I hope you all heard. Minimize <laughs> plastic in Number your one. environment. Number one. Number Thank one. you. I like it. I like it. I like it. And we can it. end here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. We hear a lot about plastics being bad for the environment and bad for our health in general. But that includes reproductive health. So the chemicals and plastics. Many, many studies around the world have shown that they disrupt your hormones. And hormone balance is obviously really important for reproductive functions, like the proper maturation of your eggs and um, particularly BPA is one that you've probably heard of, so it's, it's known colloquially, colloquially as a gender-bending chemical. Gender-bending? Gender-bender chemical. So hmm. it's linked to things like man boobs, man boobs. genital ah, malformation. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, can have such a, it basically has a hormone-mimicking effect in your body that can whack your own hormones out of balance. But it's not even just about BPA, so replacements that might technically be allowed, things like BPE, um, are now also being shown to have the same effect anyway. So this is particularly where plastics might leach into food and drinks, like with microwaved Tupperware, or, you know, this sort of plastic takeaway punnets. Yes. With hot food inside. Straws. Straws. Also Straws. Back to the environment. Yeah. yeah. And the same, exactly the same goes with water, so switching to glass water bottles um, as much as possible is is important is a big one mm -hmm. so I'm glad that you you actually mentioned the the different things because I think people kind of go plastic but how so mm -hmm. when you I mean I'm I'm very aware of this a lot of people use microwaves mm -hmm. and um, sadly yes guys I admit it I heat my milk in a microwave <laughs> You're because human. I, I, I like mil I like milky tea and I know that milk is not good for me but I do that I it's my comfort thing yeah. is milky tea anyway but it's the one thing that I heat in the microwave besides that I don't do anything but a lot of people will take a Tupperware out their fridge mm -hmm. and the Tupperware is made out of plastic mm -hmm. and then they heat that in the microwave not realizing that um, there is a chemical reaction that happens mm, heat. when heat is involved. And so you have to be aware of that, guys. That's what you're doing. You're actually literally filling your food with poisons that are not good for you. So, and then drinking out of plastic bottles. Is that drinking out of first-use plastic bottles or is it reusing the bottle over and over again? I think that accumulates the effect. But I think what they're saying is, you know, it doesn't really matter if your bottle is labeled BPA-free, let's say, you leave it in your car or it's sitting in the sun, there could still be that heat reaction going on or you have no idea where your your plastic water bottle, what the, the delivery route was and whether it was exposed to heat on its on its way from the bottling plant to the supermarket, for instance. So yeah, the rule of thumb is the longer time it spends in the plastic, uh, the more time it has to leach into your food and then secondly is heating. 
So, um, okay. You know, so that also, leads. when people leave their water bottle in their car, in the car yeah, and then they bad. let it cool down and then mm. they drink it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Pyrex Moves, is a much guys, that's Moves. what you'll get. <laughs> <laughs> <Cautionary> <laughs> tale. <laughs> okay, so that's tip number two. T uh, no, that's still tip number one. Tip number two, hit me, girls. All right, um, number two is to avoid household and personal care products with unnatural fragrances. Um, these are often list listed as parfum. <laughs> you, if parfum. Pretend parfum. I said that with a French parfum. accent. Parfum. Um, <clears throat> so these contain something called, it's a chemical called phthalates. <laughs> really, I see that. Which is um, obviously difficult to say. It's P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Um, <clears throat> the phthalates, <laughs> similar to BPA, mimic hormones like estrogen that actually halt the maturation of our eggs. Hmm. So, you know, actually just taking a step back, we didn't talk about the fact that your eggs uh, mature within a, a three-month time period prior to ovulation. So okay. that is actually when um, they both grow massively in size and in structure. So it's the, that 30, sorry, 90-day period when you can actually... Um, make these key changes that will have an influence on your egg, but but then it's that you know as it's going through these very important stages of growth and maturation that um, can be impacted by everything from like we're talking about hormones, okay, and chemical reactions. So perfume, does that include like just perfume, yes. like all fragrances, exactly. yeah. every yeah. single fragrance? So we all just need to. Smell go a little more like natural. Humans? I mean, there's plenty of essential oil-based perfumes and things like that that, with a little bit of digging, you can find. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I don't know why, but this is getting worse. So I'm gonna just see if I take down Brit. It is. It's Brittany's <laughs> mic. So if you guys yeah. can share a mic, <laughs> sure. then that would be amazing. Um, Sorry for everyone listening. I know that was painful on the ears, but now it's gonna be so much better from this moment on and I will never use that microphone again <laughs> in the studio. Um, so, Just on perfume. Phthalates. Phthalates. <laughs> um, these can be found, uh, obviously fragrances are almost in every sort of product now, but that includes detergent, cleaning products, lotions, shampoos, and even nail polish. So nail polish. No, but there are. I think that you know some of the stuff. The more people look for them and ask for them, the more exactly. products will exist that are, you know, some already are making products that are phthalate-free or no synthetic fragrances. So you can look for those two things on different okay. products. Okay. Do do you ladies have lists of products that you recommend for women? So that's what we're working on at the moment because it's quite country specific. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of the more natural brands tend to be a bit more local. grassroots and yeah. local and so yeah, we're trying to pull that together for I think it's your iPad. Cuz cuz every yeah, time you move Every time, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so much better. Right. Ah, quiet in my ears. <laughs> um, okay, so so you are putting together lists, but they will be country specific. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's great because you're in the UK, you're in the US. I'm in South Africa, so you yeah. guys have to yeah. stay in touch with me. Yeah. And um, and those are like your three of your big markets, I suppose, yeah. that you're catering for. Exactly. The US is massive though. Massive, yeah. There's actually um, an app 
that you can download called Think Dirty, and they've started to <laughs> think categorize. Think Dirty? Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> what you think. <laughs> Interesting wow. search results, but, wow. um, but <laughs> it's great because they actually uh, take a variety of different products and can tell you which ones are toxic. Ah, okay. Yeah. And Brilliant. just give you sort of search hints, like mm. let's take the example of nail polish, seven free or even nine free now brands are available and so they'll be listed on Google searches and things and that's just free of the seven main chemicals or the nine main chemicals that could have all of these effects. Wow, guys, it's so much work. It's yes. like it's like it's so much effort that needs mm. to actually go into living clean. Yeah. And it's not I, I really think this isn't just for quality of eggs. It's exactly. like living it's clean, systemic. living like a healthy yeah. good life. Okay, wow. So that was number two. <laughs> yep. Number, <laughs> two. number three, actually, this is our last um, kind of environmental exposure one. And this is switch to paraben-free cosmetics where possible. So you've probably heard about parabens and what they are is a class of chemicals mostly used for preservatives. So they kind of stop mold and bacteria growing in your foundation um, and other products. So studies have now shown they can actually penetrate your skin and then they can be absorbed by your tissues and in there that's where they they um, again can mimic your hormones and cause a disruption in your natural balance of hormones which leads to a negative effect on your eggs so with parabens a lot more companies are starting to be um, to switch on to this um, but the key is always to still read the label read the packaging and avoid makeup and other cosmetics and that's really the key with parabens where a lot of them are hiding um, with any ingredients that have the word paraben in so it's paraben free it's guys hidden, you know butyl paraben methyl paraben propyl paraben so it's usually hidden within the longer chemical the name. longer okay so it's not so okay so you're not just looking for paraben you're looking for a long word mm. that contains paraben exactly usually at the end of the word yeah. usually yeah. at the end of the word good hint because I would not have known that at all and I would have just looked oh no paraben okay cool moving along okay great tip number where are we four four hit us Britt all right <laughs> so now we get into supplements uh, that you should take in tandem with your a healthy diet. Um, you should replace folic acid supplements with its more active form, which is called 5-MTHF. So um, you probably heard about folic acid being good for pregnancy, but it actually also has a massive effect on the quality of your eggs. Um, but 5-MTHF is what your body converts to folic acid anyway. So if you take the active form, it can, it can be more effective. Okay. Um, but you, it can also be commonly called methylfolate and sold under brand names such as Metafolin and Deplin. Okay. I hope that everyone we'll has a pencil. Okay. Yeah. But, yes. but, what I, but what I do want to do is I want to take this video and I want to put it into a blog so that we can okay. put yeah. links to you guys yeah. so that people can also have everything written down because it is a hell of a lot to kind <laughs> of remember. This is why we've written a book on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And you seem to have got all the difficult to pronounce ones, yeah. which I'm, I'm feeling quite happy about. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, continuing on in sort of boosters or supplements to a healthy diet. Um, you might be taking coenzyme Q10 already, but with that too, there's a more active form that you should perhaps switch it up to, which is called ubiquinol, beginning with a U, ubiquinol. 
Um, and so how coenzyme Q10 can affect your eggs is it fuels the mitochondria, which are, they exist in every cell in your body. They're basically like little power banks for the cellular processes. And it takes a huge amount of energy to mature eggs properly. And mitochondria supply that energy. And now the older you get, the less able the mitochondria are mm. to perform all those, um, to supply the energy so the, the cell can perform all the process to processes to mature the egg so actually your eggs have about the, the cells in your eggs have about three times the amount of mitochondria of any other cell in your body that's how energy intensive this process is so this might it, also just to interject mm, this good. might also be the new secret to anti-aging yes coenzyme q10 just because it you know because as we age our cells can't um perform at the same level so this we, we don't know for sure, but it could be an interesting anti-aging solution yeah, a lot for a lot of things. Ah. Coaches make Olympic athletes take it because it's such a, a cellular fueling um, supplement. But the key really is make sure if, you're, if you are going to take it, that you look for it in its active form, ubiquinol. It's better absorbed. And it ubiquinol, hey, ubiquinol. With, with a U. Ubiquinol. U-B-I-Q-U-I-N-O-L. Ubiquinol, guys. Ubiquinol. That's what you Let need to get. <laughs> All right, and then the third thing is to take a prenatal vitamin. Um, this this really provides you with a cocktail of antioxidants, which can help your egg or protect your egg as it's growing through the different stages of maturation. Um, that you should look for a high quality one that includes vitamin B12, zinc, selenium, and iodine. There's usually a ton of other things in there, some of which can help support the absorption of one another, but those are the sort of main players. Mm. Main ingredients. And being in Cape Town at the moment, um, which is the multivitamin that you would recommend for women to take that is available here? That's a really good question. The wellness warehouse expert over here. Yeah, I, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the wellness warehouse. Um, I would say... Less it's, about brand and more about the fact they don't have bulking agents. And, yeah, there's... Mm -hmm. the, but I is mean, there a brand that stands out that you've used that you think is good? A, a better one? A better one. Is, <laughs> but, um, yes, the, the, because I think that that is one of the challenges, is that very often it's not about finding the perfect one because it's not actually available. Yeah. The perfect one isn't and yet available. Yeah. Also something because that we're working on. Yeah, we're there working is on that. something bubbling, guys, mm. that might be uh. making it available soon. But until that actually happens, what is what is a better brand to go for? So Metagenics has a, a sort of women's pregnancy kit, I would call it. Um, but it's very expensive and probably a little bit... You don't need all of the things that they provide. However, it is probably, I would argue, the best that there is. Metagenics. Metagenics. Um, secondarily, I would say Solgar has a prenatal that would do the job. Okay. Um, but I'm on the lookout. I'm keeping an eye out for the You're best one or we're going to make it ourselves. And the key is basically to look for one without... Um, Magnesium, Magnesium stearate, stearate is a bulking agent that is often no you know, not something you want inside. It says it's usually listed under other ingredients on the bottom of the label. Okay. I've just realized we've already been speaking for about 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. So oh my gosh. we oh, need to... Seven. We'll whip. Are we We're on number seven? Okay, cool. So. Okay. So moving more into like day-to-day -day lifestyle tips. Number seven, go to sleep and wake up at the same time every day, even what? at the weekends. Yeah, so sleep's quite like I see we 
talk about it a lot, but we talk about getting enough of it a lot. Mm. But this is a bit more about the rhythm of your sleep, which scientists have found is also important. So it's not just yeah. about getting sufficient sleep, it's that good quality sleep translates to good quality eggs. That's because reproductive hormones are produced when you sleep. Um, it's, it's a hormonal process too. Is so, there a better time um, to, to go? Because I've heard that there's yeah. like, you know, there's different sleep theories and all of that. But I've heard that if you go to sleep before 12, like every exactly. hour before 12 that you're asleep is actually so much more regenerative and um, restful and good for you. So like if you go to bed at 10, that 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock, those two hours are like, four hours after 12 kind of thing yeah there is happens, there anything like is that yeah there have been studies that measure the quality of sleep and they find that when you go to bed and when you wake up you know the literal time is important as well um but really the studies when it comes to reproductive health in particular look more at women with irregular sleep wake wake patterns so shift workers like cabin crew or nurses they tend to have far more reproductive problems than women who don't shift work so that was yeah. more about the you know going to bed and waking up at the same time as your rhythm because you know by not doing that you're kind of fighting your circadian rhythm mm. and that and can impact your quality of sleep yeah exactly and, and your circadian rhythm is sort of looking at two things one is um is when it when it gets dark melatonin mm. rises and that yes. helps you sleep naturally um, and then you also have your natural mm. circadian rhythm so some people are morning people some people mm. you know would rather sleep uh, you know later in the evening so it's the combination of those two factors basically if you stay up till midnight chances are you know you're you are working against the natural um, the body natural clock. body clock thank you mm. huh very interesting girls what's next so number eight is about adding more into your meals than taking away. Mm -hmm. So thinking about egg health as packing as much nutrients as you possibly can um, rather than thinking of this as a diet. So um, you know there's an endless amount of nutrients and antioxidants in a variety of foods that can both nourish and protect your eggs. Um, and this also means that if you have a restrictive diet, Susanna. Yes. Vegetarian. vegetarian. Um, She's <laughs> saying that because you guys know I'm a vegetarian. And so it makes it a lot more challenging to. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't mean that in the way that I think that people should eat meat because I, mm -hmm. I do believe in what I'm doing as a vegetarian. But it's a lot easier when you go to restaurants and um, my boyfriend is a meat eater. Well, and um, <laughs> and he he's yesterday we went for lunch and he was like, it's so nice to be at a restaurant where there's actually food for you to eat because <laughs> most restaurants don't actually cater for vegetarians. So it's, it is very limiting very often. And so that's why Brittany is. <laughs> and you have to be more conscious about being balanced. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a, you know, a lot of people have nutrient deficiencies. So you just have to be much more conscious of it. That's not just vegetarians. That it's If you're on a ketogenic diet, you know, we're all susceptible to the, the fad diet. So just yes. have to be very conscious of that. Um, so some ways to sort of combat that are to, if you have some sort of dietary pattern, let's say that you eat eggs every morning, maybe try adding in an avo or some spinach, you know, really adding some diversity to your foods so you can get a, a variety of those nutrients. Um, and actually salads are a great way to just chuck in everything, you know, lots yeah. of seeds and sprouts and berries and crunchy vegetables, really making sure to, you know, 
throw in the kitchen sink when it comes to to nutrition and that's why i think those breakfast bowls work so well as well you know like every my roommate used to say um you you always make a delicious mess for breakfast yeah. <laughs> and um it's because i would literally scramble eggs and then get some spinach and some peas and you know homemade i make sugo homemade tomato sauce mm-hmm. and do you know what i mean and then just stick everything mm. in a bowl i eat like a toddler and um <laughs> you should write that should be a recipe <laughs> Alonzo recipe. It's I like really it. good. Okay, guys. But um, for people who are not used to eating like that, vegetables for breakfast are me. For me, are they go hand in hand? Yeah. You know. But for most people. And I remember when I did the switchover because it was a conscious switchover. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, for breakfast, I need protein and I need some greens. I need yeah. to get that in me. And so I was like, okay, well, why do people not eat? spinach and peas and Mm -hmm. broccoli for breakfast it was quite funny because within sort of three years and i think it's a global consciousness thing i think when people start realizing things it's almost like it goes out into the ethos you know of the universe but suddenly you could go like about three years later you could go and order eggs with some greens and it wasn't such a strange thing to do (laughs) look it's still strange in most places but they are the healthier places that you can go and eat are awake to those sorts of things. Absolutely. Balance for every meal, not just Mm -hmm. across the day. That's it. It's so important. And I suppose you find that in colors, right, as well. Mm -hmm. Like the more colorful your bowl is, your plate is, the the better it is. And all of those nutrients, when they work together, often they bring out the best in each other, if Mm. that makes sense. So it's not just about eating something healthy, but it's about eating them in combination so that they can kind of work in partnership. Yeah. And other than the key supplements that we we discussed in a couple more um it's not enough just to pop a vitamin pill because often the you know the absorption is it's it happens much better from natural foods rather Mm. than and there's also combinations right of um, minerals and vitamins that you should take together Together. yeah Yeah. i'd say the penultimate tip um it's also a dietary one uh sounds a little weird eat like a diabetic and so by this we mean you don't want big fluctuations of insulin Mm. insulin is a hormone but it has a cascading effect on the function of other hormones which includes estrogen mainly so you want to keep it balanced so for women especially if your diet contains excessive sugar which is obviously all refined carbohydrates not just the white stuff um, that can lead to an insulin imbalance and this is especially problematic for women with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome which is quite a common reproductive health issue um, so really, something simple, let's say switching the white carbs to brown carbs, really does pay. You don't want to eat foods that wreak havoc on your blood sugar levels. That's important for egg health. No fast food, no soda, and yeah, if you want to no f- figure out what the yeah, <laughs> no fun. But if you want to figure out the glycemic index, you can also go online. There's a ton of different uh, what they call the GI, which I think. Like Woolworths has now started to include on some of their packages. Yes, I've seen that. So looking for low GI foods is really going to be a go-to because your thyroid is all attached with your um, reproductive hormones. Brilliant. Is there one more? One more. Okay. And it's particularly apt for Capetonians, um, which is don't over-exercise. I remember you telling me this, Britt, and I was like, what, what, no hot yoga? I think we were sitting in new and everyone there was not overweight. Um, 
So I do, you know, coming from London and the States, uh, we thought this Not was a problem we have. Have to include. <laughs> um, but basically, a moderate amount of exercise can, can reduce oxidative stress. But beyond a certain point, extreme exercise can create a, a very detrimental amount of oxidative stress, which um, basically breaks down the quality of your eggs. So yes, don't, don't go after some brand new aggressive fitness routine uh, if, you're really, if you're trying to prepare for uh, fertility treatment or natural conception or... Yeah, it's not an excuse to be a sloth, but still but, do yeah. exercise. Yes, but, yeah, no, still exercise, exercise is still exercise. important. It's still yeah. important, but to a degree. To a degree. Yeah. So it's like it, yoga has always been a goodie, a but not a hot yoga. Um, so not the not the more hatha kind of yoga, those kind of yogas that are slightly more meditative, still have strength yes. training yeah. and stretching, yeah. but not the um, ones that get your, not power yoga. Don't go do power yoga, yeah. kids. Um, and then um, things like walking, um, you know, those sorts of things. So I was like, what? Because I love, I love hot yoga and I love going for runs and things yeah. like that. So Britt and I had quite a conversation about this. Um, ladies, I'm going to have to cut it short because my time is up. But it's been so wonderful chatting to you both. And I'm just, I'm so curious about all of this. I'm so glad, Britt, that we got to yeah. actually chat and I'm getting to understand all these things. Because I know that there are so many there are so many women I know that are battling to conceive yeah. at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, and... Um, and it's 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 a, it's a rising problem. It's a mm -hmm. and it's a worldwide problem. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the nature trying to control the influx of hu humans on the planet, <laughs> but it really is a worldwide problem. And younger and younger ladies, hear me. Younger and younger women are battling to conceive. So it's something you really need to think about and take seriously. Um, waiting for one day could be one day too late. So rather think about these things. If you've got the means, preserve. go through this process of getting your eggs really healthy, preserve your eggs, and then you can party like an animal until you're ready, you know, but, but do it now because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really important. And boys, listen up. <laughs> You guys, it's not only the girls, it's you guys as well. So um, I think their next book will be focused more on male fertility. But this one that is going to be coming out when? Yeah, so we're launching it in the, the Kindle store next month. So this is uh, encompassing all of the lifestyle factors that can influence the success of egg freezing. Um, but as we mentioned, the tenants still apply for a variety of other fertility-based um, goals <laughs> but yeah so that'll be launching then if you sign up on our website we can get you early access to everything so, amazing yeah. great guys thank you so much i'm going to say goodbye to the to the the listeners out there but thank you guys so much thank, thank you, you so for much being for here us. thanks, thanks thank you. absolutely a pleasure it was wonderful having you guys here